What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Fam, today's episode is all about the belief that what we focus on expands. And if you believe that to be true, I really want you to sit with it and sit with the question of what is it that I have actually been focusing on lately? And is it amplifying and enhancing my experience of life? Is it having detrimental and harmful impacts on my experience of myself, my experience of my life, my experience of others? What is really here for me? What is it that I have been focusing on? You know that I love to share and love to teach through lived experience. So I share super vulnerably about what's been going on in my relationship since I've been home from Europe and all the painful emotions that have risen within me since doing this move. I know that you all know based on how much you've all been tuning into past episodes, how much my beach home meant to me and the grieving process that I've been on. But it's really been amplified since I've been back from Europe and it's created a lot of conflict in my relationship. So I had a download land for me at family dinner a week ago, which really solidified the belief within me that what we focus on expands. I have heard this saying for a really long time, but it literally at family dinner, I'm sitting there eating chicken tikka masala thinking, oh my fucking God, I see it now. I really desire to share it with you so that you can reflect on your own life, your own journey, your own relationships, your own relationship with self, your own experience of your own life as you hear me share about mine. I believe that the more we're vulnerable, the more that we can create true resonance and community and connection with others. That's why I always share my truth so honestly, authentically and vulnerably with you. It really makes me feel good. It really makes me feel good to set my self-expression free and share the truth of me. And I know that suppressing it and hiding any part of it really makes me feel small and incongruent and out of integrity. I would hate to portray myself to be someone other than who I am. So I hope you really enjoy getting to hear even more about the truth of my human experience. If you love this episode, please make sure that you screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that hopefully one day I can get out of Instagram jail. I'm constantly in that bloody naughty corner and also so that I can connect with you. My intention for 2023 is just to always ask for what it is that I really want without attachment to receiving. And that's why you always hear if there's something that I desire to receive from you, like a screenshot and a share, you'll hear me ask because I really deserve to receive. And if you don't want to do it, unattach that. But if you do, and the ask is what prompted you to do that, fuck yes. I hope that through my example, you start to ask for more in your life as well. Strap yourself in, fam. Let's fucking go. What we focus on expands. Fam, I am very curious if you believe that to be true. What is it that you have been focusing on? Is it impacting your life in a way that feels enhancing, inspiring, expansive, positive, effective? Is it something you've been focusing on that's making you feel smaller? Is it making you feel suppressed? Is it suppressing your expression? Is it suppressing your ability to experience life and receive life? What is it that you have been focusing on? And how is that focus influencing your day-to-day experience of life? You know that I love to teach through lived experience. And something occurred for me recently at a family dinner that I had this huge aha moment about after, which is all around what I focus on expands. You all know how much my beach home meant to me and how meaningful she was to me, what she created for me, what we created together, the support that I received from her and how hard and challenging it was for me to leave the beach house. I've shared that with you. 
I haven't shared how challenging it has been. I have to different degrees, but I haven't truly shared how challenging it has been for me and Jake in the move to the new location. So we'll call it the river house. It's been a really hard time, fam. It's been really hard for me emotionally. It's been really hard for Jake. We have been going through, I know I touched on this in a few recent episodes, we've been going through conflict for the first time ever. We've been together for two years and two months. And in this time, we've had one argument. And we have, in this time, been arguing pretty much since the week prior to me getting back from Europe consistently up until five days ago. It's been really challenging for the both of us. And the move has been a big part of that. The move was something that, to give you context, in December last year, when Jake asked me to move into him, I said to him, I like really felt into my body and felt into leaving the home and what I desire for myself and how long I'd love to be in the beach house for before I was really ready to close the door on that relationship and that time of my life. And I said to myself and I said to him, I just don't think in 2022, I'm going to be ready. Halfway through 2023, that feels like the right time for me. And I remember that to be so true because I remember talking to Tony, if you've all seen him on my Instagram, who's like my big little brother. When he asked to continue the lease, I said a year was too long. I was like, our lease ends in November. I can't sign for another year. I feel energetically that's too long for me. But halfway, six months, that feels really good and I'll complete in May and then I'll be ready to move in with Jake. And now through a series of events, Jake required a housemate. And when he requested that I move in with him, there was a part of me that was like, I'm not ready, but I love this person so much. It's the right thing to do. And so to be totally truthful with you, he knows this, this isn't, this isn't new news to anyone. It was a true no for me, but a yes, because I believed at the time that that is what a supportive partner would choose to do. A supportive partner would say yes, even when my truth was no. And I justified it. I was like, what is six months? Even Jake was like, what is six months? Jake doesn't have an attachment to his living space the way that I had to mine. So I was like, yeah, what is six months? And at the time we were all in love and was like, yep, I can do this. And then once I made the decision, I wrapped my head around it and I would be in my home. And I basically went through what I thought was my grieving process. Whilst I still lived in the beach house, I would literally go to the ocean every day. I would cry so much crying. I would talk to the ocean. I would receive messages. I was told it's time. I was told to let go. And so I just listened. Whenever I feel confused and conflicted, I just go to the ocean and I always receive messages like, just let go back. It's time. We've supported you through everything that you needed here. It's time for you to move on. And my personality was like six more fucking months, oh, bitch. And so I thought in this time, all this crying, three months of crying, going to the ocean frequently that, yeah, that was my grieving. And then I thought I'm going to go to Europe and then I'm going to come back, move into the river house, and hopefully it'll be like out of sight, out of mind, and I'll forget that. <laughs> I'll forget that the beach house ever existed. Well, a week prior to me coming back from Europe, just lots of stuff shifted internally and some conflicts started happening between myself and Jake. He's been highly, highly, highly stressed this past year. And so it's just brought a lot of stuff to the surface and it's the first time we've been ever going through conflict with each other. And so intuitively, I feel I must have known in December last year when he suggested moving out that the six months, I didn't know why the six months was so important, but with Europe and everything that that created, the stress of Jake's new business, Obviously, intuitively, I knew six more months would probably give us a grace period versus just throwing the both of us in the same environment. 
So I get back from Europe and I'm really not excited for the move. I'm feeling really sad about leaving the house and I'm still in the home knowing that the move's coming up in six weeks and it felt like a slow rip of a Band-Aid where I was just like, let's just fucking rip this thing and get me out of here and put me in the river house so that I can just not do this every single day. It felt like, it felt so excruciating every single day being in that house knowing that I was going to leave and I just felt like I was rubbing salt into a, into a wound. So we decided that I'm going to move in early. I called Baza. <laughs> Everyone needs to know who Barry is <laughs> because I was like, fuck, how am I going to move all my shit? If Jake and I are already arguing, if I go and hire a trailer and then we try and get all my things and get it to the house, we're already in conflict. And I know moving is one of the most stressful things that you can do. That's just going to create more argument. And then Monique, my operations manager, was like, you need to use Barry. He's amazing. It's like 75 bucks an hour. Barry comes with his truck. Like, honestly, Barry needs an Instagram. I would put him in the show notes. He comes with his truck. You don't even need to pack your things. He literally comes into your house, asks what you want, chucks it in his truck and gets it to your new place and then unloads it for you as well. Literally, fam, I reckon this would have taken Jake and I two days and so much arguing and trailer hire and everything cost me 150 bucks cash and two hours. I was like, Barry is the best. Everyone needs Baza in your life. It's so funny. Every time Jake and I have been arguing, Jake and I were laughing at it a couple of days ago. I'm like, yeah, every time we have an argument, I text Barry like, when are you free to get my shit back out of here? We laugh so much about how funny I am. Anyway, as Barry's grabbing all my things, I'm not too emotional yet. And then Jake and Barry are putting all my stuff in the truck. And then all of a sudden, all of my stuff is out of the house. And then I realized that I'm leaving. And my truth was, I don't want to go. And so I just start crying and crying and crying. And I kiss the wall of my house. And I'm just feeling so sad about this, so triggered by this, so much stuff coming up around this, so much of, I just don't want to go yet. It wasn't time. I said six months. I didn't honor my truth. I said yes when I really meant no. I was trying to be a good girlfriend, but really fucking sold myself short in the process. I went against my actual values. I thought I was doing the right thing, but going against my truth is never the right thing. So fuck. And now this is creating conflict between me and Jake. So I tried to do the right thing, but it's actually created more conflict than less. And now I'm arguing with my partner for the first time ever. And I was just like, oh, so frustrated. And then so upset. And all my anger was, anger was released. All the sadness started coming. And so I'm driving from the beach house to the river house and I'm crying and I'm crying and I'm crying. And I get to the river house and Barry starts unloading my things. And I just loved my beach house so much. Like some of my housemates were like, it really wasn't that nice, Beck. But I loved it. I loved everything. I just thought it was the most beautiful thing ever. It wasn't like an immaculate brand new home, but like the entire window is just faced like a panoramic view of the ocean every day for six and a half years, front row to the beach, my favorite coffee shop to the right of me, my favorite restaurant to the left of me, all my neighbors who I know and love. In fact, Mary's, and if you heard me speak about Mary in a past podcast, her son who lives next door to her used to be the boss of my cousin, told my cousin, everyone in the street is so sad that Beck left. My mother's been crying about it. Like, I loved my area. It created such a deep sense of belonging and the energy of the beach area in which I lived. It's incomparable in Perth. I've never experienced anything like it. It's a holiday destination that is a neighborhood of genuinely, incredibly good humans, except for our neighborhood Facebook page. That place is fucked. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> sometimes I'm seeing shit. <laughs> Actually, a little segue, side note. We had cleaned. I'm actually, I'm going to put this in here. Uh, neighborhood Facebook pages are fucking savage. It's a bunch of Karens who have nothing to do with their lives, just sitting on the internet all day long, arguing with people. So to give you context, 
our house, I hadn't lived in it for like six weeks. Mon and Tom were a couple. They'd moved out and we all cleaned the house, all four of us. And so basically, and Tony was still there. Basically, it was a big, empty, clean home. And I said, how about we get a professional cleaner in or someone in the neighborhood? I always would advertise for a cleaner on the neighborhood page. Let's get someone to come over and just clean over what we've done. And we're like, yeah, we probably don't need it, but just to make it nice for the next people moving in, why not? So I put on the Facebook page, remember, context determines the content. My context is the house is already fucking clean. You're basically spraying, wiping, whatever is already clean. And so I put up into the Facebook page, looking for a cleaner this weekend, maybe three hours of work, cash, cupboards, floors, balcony, steps. I like listed a few things of what they would do, like five or six things. And I posted it. I didn't think any fucking thing about this post. Anything. I didn't think anything about it. I was like, someone's going to earn an extra 150, 200 bucks cash this weekend. Walked away from my mobile phone. Then I opened my phone, get back to it, and I'm getting abused by this neighborhood Facebook page. I looked at my phone like, I hate people. And there's a bunch of Karens being like, you self-entitled, blah, blah, blah. That is not a three-hour job. And I was like, this bunch of fucking beeps. You don't know what the fuck the context of this post is. I'm trying to offer someone basically free cash, just spraying white whatever's clean. And I, there was a part of me that was like, attack these fucking idiots. And then I was like, just delete the post back and walk away. <laughs> anyway, the neighborhood's amazing, except for the neighborhood page. Super savage place. <laughs> bunch of Karens that are really bored of their life. Fortunately, none of my neighbors are those humans. <laughs> none of my street anyway. None of my coffee shop that I'm aware of. I hope one of those Karens is tuning in right now. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you, bitch. That was actually free money to someone else. And you don't even know the context of that. You get to look at yourself. Actually, no, do you know what I do think? I'm going to go on a rant here. Their husbands need to fuck them. They need to stop being so fucking cynical and critical and miserable so that their husbands actually want to fuck them all. That was my like, I watched that and I was like, bitch, you need a dick. Anyway, getting back to what I was saying, I loved my neighborhood. So we get into Barry's truck. We get to the river house. Barry's got the truck there and he starts unloading all the things. And I'm looking at the house and it's not the beach house. It doesn't have the beach view. It's my office. I I loved my office. I set my office up beautifully. I loved my bedroom. The house basically looked like an oasis with all of my plants. I loved everything about my home. I loved the, I loved the walls. I loved the colors of the walls. I loved everything. And so I look at this house and now because what I focus on expands, I'm focusing on that I loved the beach house and I don't love the river house and I don't want to move into the river house. So what expands, just like my distaste and dislike for the river house and I'm crying and Barry's moving shit in and he's looking at me and he's like watching me cry and kind of thinking like, what the fuck do I do with this girl? And he's like, where would you like your plans? And I look at him and I'm like, put them back in the truck, take them back to the beach house. And he's like, And Jake's like, don't do that, Baza. The plants can go here. And then I'm like crying, crying, crying. I'm like, I didn't want this. I didn't like this. This is too soon for me. And I'm crying. And like Baza's like, (laughs) looks at Jake like fucking. I'm like, I didn't want this. And Jake's like, this is a nice place, Beck. I haven't moved you into like Shitsville of Perth. This is a beautiful home. And you can see Barry's like team Jake. He's like, this house is lovely. It's so nice. He's like, how much are you paying for it? And it's really expensive, especially in comparison to my beautiful front row beach house. I'm like, it's so expensive and I like the old place. And Barry's like, Wah! 
And Jake's like, oh my God. And then Barry comes in. I've got two offices, like my display office and then just like my junk office. So he's bringing the tables in. He's like, where would you like your office table? I'm like, I don't want it here. Put it back, put it back, put it back. And Jake's like, you are making this so painful. You need to stop. And Barry's like, I'm I'm just going to put everything here and just not even ask this very emotional girl anything. That was moving day, fam. Yeah, it was so fun. It was just such a such a pivotal, cool, amazing, expansive time for our relationship. Uh, and so from then, it's been really challenging because what I was focusing on was I don't want to be here. This isn't my beach house. This isn't as nice as my beach house. This isn't my beach view. I said yes when I really meant no. This was six months too soon for me. I wasn't actually ready to move in. I convinced myself that I was ready. I thought I did all my grieving. My grieving has really fucking hit me now that I've actually left. Like that was everything that I was focusing on. And the more that I focused on it, the more it expanded. The more it expanded, the more that it created conflict with Jake. And it got to a point where I was like, there's so much emotion going on here and I'm not being effective at all. Like, not using any of my resources, not doing anything to help myself, getting so angry. I was so intensely angry and I was I was basically being quite destructive. I was looking at everyone else that I could blame for my pain. I think our wounded ego can quite often do that. Like self-responsibility is fucking hard, right? My wounded ego was like, whose fucking fault is it that I'm here right now? Because I had my life set up the exact way that I wanted and people have come in and fucked my shit up. <laughs> Isn't that right, fam? If we, if we were all just by ourselves all the time, everything would just be perfect. In fact, so funny that I say that. I used to take all of these mushrooms. I love psilocy- solo psilocybin journeys. And I used to love doing it at my house because my house had this park out the front, the ocean, and then once it like got too deep, because sometimes my plant medicine journeys can turn super sexual. Once it gets too like goes too far, I can take myself home and put myself in my bed or just sit on the balcony and just be present to life. Anyway, one day I go to my freezer. I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for one. I'm going to take myself on a journey. And my lady, who usually puts them in quite thick blocks of chocolate, the prior time I'd done them, she'd put them in thin blocks of chocolate. And so I'd done what I thought would be like a nice journey and it was nice, but it wasn't too deep. So this time I forgot that last time was the thin block of chocolate. This time around was a thick block of chocolate and I've ended up taking, which is quite a lot, like a lot, a lot for me. I ended up taking six grams of mushrooms. Like, (laughs) oh my good God, I got my ass handed to me. (laughs) Like it was amazing until it was not amazing. And then it was like, what the absolute fuckery, Rebecca? that was irresponsible. (laughs) Anyway, before it became, well, it was good before it went, you know, before it took a turn for the South, thank God Tony actually came and saved the day, fam. That's a story for another day. But as I was standing there in my front yard, it was so funny. I decided to do a sunset psilocybin journey on a Saturday, one of the busiest beach areas in Perth, whilst the sun is setting, like busiest time where everyone comes my neighborhood is busy. The park is busy. The path is busy. I know everyone. And I'm standing there like off my fucking chops. My no housemates used to be like, you do realize that our landlord knows who you are and you are like, you're the off her face. I don't think I look off my, I don't actually know what I look like, but they're like, you are this wacky woman in our fucking park staring at a tree for an hour and a half straight. <laughs> anyway, I'm standing there. The tree is like the most spectacular tree I've ever seen. And I'm watching life and I'm like, this is amazing this is so unbelievably good. And then people I know start walking past and I'm a very social person when I'm not on mushrooms. Like I love being by myself when I'm on psilocybin. And people I know start walking past and start saying hi to me and start disrupting like my peace. 
And I was standing there and I was just like thinking to myself and I thought in my mind, this is perfect right now. The ocean, the sunset, the street lights, my house right there. The only thing fucking up my experience is all the people. And I was like, yeah, Rebecca, all these people really are fucking up your experience. I was like, yeah, they're ruining it. And I was like, if they could just leave and I just had my front yard and this path and the streetlights and the cars driving past and my house, if all of that existed but the humans were just removed, I'd be having my perfect experience right now. And I was like, oh. And it's so funny. It's like I'm coaching myself in this experience. I'm like, oh, so you would like your perfect conditions to be set. You would like the path that the humans built, the street that the humans built, the street lights that the humans built, the path that the humans built. So they all set the conditions for you, but you just want to remove the humans and then you'd just be having your perfect experience and other people are the reason that your life isn't the way that you really desire it to be and you're not having the experience that you really desire to have. I was like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then I'm like to myself, where else, Rebecca, does this show up in your life? And I'm standing in front of this tree, like pissing myself laughing because Jake will often say to me, what perfect expectations have you set? that I have not met and what story are you creating about it? And I'm like, this is my entire life (laughs) happening before my eyes right now. If you think my podcast is good, wait until you lean in and work with me. My loves, the doors for true transformation are now open. This is your opportunity to powerfully claim 2023 and make it the year that you desire it to be. Want to speak your needs, set clear boundaries, call in what's meant for you, embody the confidence to say no, break away from the fear of rejection and learn to ask for what you want? Do you desire to be a yes to your yes and equally know your no? Are you sick of settling? Are you sick of sabotaging? Are you ready to reclaim your personal power? True Transformation is 10 intensive weeks with me to support you to break free from shame, break through unworthiness, activate your unique voice and live your life alive, aligned and on fire. My programs are fully supported with high level accountability. No one gets to hide. Want to join us? We start January 10th. Head to the link in my show notes and apply today. Let's fucking go. So to make that relevant to what I'm talking about, I'm in this very triggering experience thinking about who's to blame for this. It's Jake. It's Jake's last housemate. It's everyone else except me. And as I was sharing with my friends, because Jake got to a point where he's like, I cannot be compassionate and empathetic towards you around this because you've been so turbulent towards me and it's created so much conflict that the compassion empathy just can't come from me. And I'm talking to my friends about it, receiving compassion, empathy, understanding. Everyone obviously understands how meaningful the house is and was. And they also kept saying to me, but you know who you're most mad at, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I did the right thing. They're like, yeah, I know. you. Did, your intentions were pure and beautiful, Rebecca. You really, really desired to be a supportive partner. But who are you mad at? I was like, everyone else. It's everyone else's fault. It's his fault. Six housemates' fault is everyone's fault. And they're like, yeah, but who are you mostly mad at? And I was like, I didn't really want to say it. Even now I'm like, no. But ultimately, the person I was most mad at was me for really saying yes when my truth was no. And I really want to honor the innocence and purity of the choice. And yet the backlash of not honoring my truth has created conflict for Jake and I, a lot of it, and a lot of challenge, which I think is 
you know, actually really beautiful to go through. And, you know, we've had lots of courageous conversations around what's been going on right now. And so I was sitting with, okay, this is my anger. I understand that I'm projecting my anger at others. I understand that I'm being destructive. I understand that I'm being hurtful. I understand that this is not an effective way to be. I understand that this is not bringing any joy to myself or Jake. And what am I going to do about it? Because I was like, this is, I can bring courageous conversation to Jake, but the repair isn't happening with him because I get to do my work on this too. And so I asked myself, what did that look like? And first and foremost, there was just so much frustration, so much anger, so much resentment, and really an inner child that was so mad that just wanted to let loose and be like, this is not fucking fair. I didn't want this. I'm so upset. I'm so mad. Like a little girl inside of me just wanted to kick and scream and rage and release. And that was not the space for Jake to be holding. That's not his work and that's not our work in our relationship. And so I jumped online and literally within two hours, a girlfriend of mine in Perth had launched an embodiment immersion and it was coming up this weekend. It was a day event. And I know that she is really in touch with her body and releasing through her body. Her name's Edwina Taylor. She's amazing. And I thought to myself, I'm going to get a ticket for this because I feel being surrounded by women, potentially women who are a little bit more mature than me, that and a safe space is created for me to just like let all of this emotion out. That might help me to dig out what's here so that it doesn't keep getting thrown at Jake because I was just like spitting fire constantly. And so I went to the embodiment immersion. In fact, there's a video so we can probably, if they they do the really cool little reel thing where they do the overload, there is a video of me just fucking going to town and letting loose, like really letting that inner child within me that just wanted to scream, just wanted to get mad, just wanted to have a tantrum, just wanted to be like, this is not fair. This is not fair. This is not what I want. I just like gave her full permission to release and It really was amazing. Healthy anger release and tantrum throwing is a part of the work that I love to do. And the reason that I did it in that safe environment rather than with myself was the environment that I moved into was a part of my trigger. So I can take myself through anger release all day long. I actually love it. One of my favorite tools. But this new river home was a part of the trigger, which is why I couldn't do that release here first. I needed to go to a different environment where it wasn't triggering for me so that I could do that, surrounded by safe space. And also, I really desired someone to hold me in that and witness me in that. I didn't want to hold myself through it because it felt like a very a very young version of me that just didn't want to hold myself in this. I really wanted a woman to be able to say, it's okay, all of your thoughts, all of your feelings, even if other people are saying that you are being disruptive, like I understand that house did mean a lot to you. And yeah, you really did say yes when you meant no and you were really trying. But now that now we understand all of that, now how you're behaving, that's your responsibility. Let's do something about it. So that was really my first step. And the next step that I'm leaning into is cord cutting, cord cutting with my home. And I'm doing another one actually tomorrow morning because I'm going to my home in the afternoon and I'm going to go through a cord cutting and forgiveness practice of me really letting go of the leaky energetic attachments that I have from my home. And I'm going to cut the cords and burn the energy and release it to the ocean, my favorite part of the beach that I would always visit so that I can actually say, thank you so much home for everything that you've brought to me. And I'm cutting the cord with this because it's time for me to complete this energy. And I feel it's really funny. It was five days ago that I said to myself, I'm putting this down. It's no longer going to be the conflict for Jake and I. I really get to do something about it. 
And it's actually been the first five days that we haven't had major conflict because I haven't been bringing that up. And a part of that, so segueing all the way back to what I was originally speaking to you about is what we focus on expands. And the reason that I've put it down for the past five days, I know I teach through lived experience, is I went to a family dinner last week. My youngest cousin, Nino, just graduated. He's a doctor now. And we went on a family dinner all together. And it was my like most hilarious uncle, Uncle Gino, my, my auntie Sanaba, my cousins, obviously Nino, my mum, my dad, my sister, um, Daniela's husband, we're all there. And some of my cousins said to me, how's everything going? And I was like, oh, how's, and how's the move? And I said, oh, it's actually been a really challenging time for me. It's been, you know, it's created conflict between myself and Jake. It's been really hard. And one of my cousins turned around and said, oh, is the house not nice? And it's funny because Jake was like, I haven't moved you into fucking Shitsville. I've moved you into one of the nicest areas in Perth, Rebecca. And my paradigm, the lens view, what I was focusing on was not nice in comparison to my beach house, so I'm going to fucking hate this thing. And so as my cousin asked me that, and also in that tone, like, oh, is it not nice? And that's when I was like, no, the house is like really beautiful. So, oh, okay. Well, I know you love ocean views, so is there just not any water around? No, um, we've got river views. The balcony overlooks the river, the lounge and the kitchen, and the dining overlooks the river. She's like, oh. And so then like, I know you would walk the ocean or go to the ocean to think. I don't know. I've, I've got like my thinking spot. We're like three streets back. So I've already got my thinking spot by the river. So, oh, I know you loved your coffee shop. Is the coffee shop not nice? And I was like, no, I go to Beach Street Jetty and or Beach Street Cafe and they do the most amazing coffee and the girls and the staff there is so nice. Like, oh, the neighbor's not nice. No, the neighbors are really nice. And I was like, and fuck, my old landlord was amazing. And this, the rental agency is so nice. And I'm like, Jake, the entire time has said to me, you're making what could be a really beautiful experience, really awful. And it was literally me talking to my cousins and them asking me those clarifying questions and me being able to say with conviction and certainty that all these things that I love that I got to experience there, that I now experience here are actually nice, that I was like, fuck, what I focus on expands. Like All of those things are actually beautiful. But what I was focusing on, it was creating so much animosity and frustration within me that I could not see the beauty that was in front of me, literally. like Since that conversation five days ago, I came home and Jake was like, something's changed inside of you. It was from that conversation with my family. And that realization of what I focus on expands. I almost like sat there eating my chicken tikka masala quietly. And I was like, fuck me. I really am having a penny drop moment of I have been focusing on so much pain, so much frustration, so much resentment, so much blame and anger, so much blame and anger, blame and anger at everyone else except myself because my wounded ego never wants to take responsibility for anything. Like, oh, Rebecca, your personality is so funny. Do you, do you want to be in congruency and integrity with what you teach? No, bitch, I don't. So much easier to be mad at everyone else other than myself. Actually, no, that's actually the, you know how I say the hard, the hard thing is actually the easy thing, taking responsibility. And also, I also teach you're not ready to receive the message until you're ready to receive the message. Jake is like, I've been telling you this for six weeks, but six weeks ago, I wasn't ready. I had to go through this turbulent process. It's been painful and emotional and I've been grieving and 
It was literally that dinner of my cousins asking me those clarifying questions that allowed me to realize what's here in front of me and see it for the beauty that it is and understand that it was my focus and my own internal frustration and resentment itself that was expanding and then negatively, detrimentally impacting my experience of this move-in. So that was a really vulnerable share. Not even vulnerable, but just truthful. Some of my clients have been saying and sharing with me lately how, or women that have been attending my webinars, or even girlfriends that I caught up with on Friday night. We went to Picarda in Perth. If you're Perth-based, oh my God, amazing food. Never been there before. And two of the women were past clients of mine that we've created a really beautiful friendship together. And they come to like-minded ladies' meetups and we do dinners. And one of the women messaged me privately and said how beautiful it was for me to share so transparently around everything that has been going on with Jake and I. And I just thought to myself, but why would I lie? And I believe that if we portray ourselves to be anything other than who we are, and if we share an experience, like you don't have to be a coach and be in breakdown and tell people that you're in breakdown. Like absolutely you get to move through it and some things get to be held as sacred as well. You get to, you obviously know when you're ready to share and when you're not. But for me, the suppression and hiding of the herpes virus created so much shame inside of me. And for me, honest self-expression is one of my values and it makes me feel so good and it makes me so relatable and it makes me feel seen and witnessed. And if I suppress my truth or I hide or I pretend that like my relationship is on fire right now, like it fucking isn't. We've been having some really courageous conversations. We've been talking about maybe we aren't each other's person. Maybe we aren't. I've been like, Preston smiles, my mentor said to me, there's always one person that's like, I'm out of here. I'm breaking up with you. I'm that person. I'm like, look, get out of here. And Jake's like, we're not doing it. He's like, how many times you tried to break up with me the past six weeks? And I'm like, so many. That's when I was like, you should see all the text messages I've sent Barry being like, hey, Barry, when are you free to take my things back to trick? And we're laughing so much about it. But the reason that our relationship hasn't completed is A, because we are so in alignment with each other and B, I know, and this is what I've been working, like I've been working on behind the scenes, my relationship and how I show up to relationship all year. And I'm very aware that if I just like the core wounds are here, they're being triggered as like an open wound and salt is being rubbed the fuck in. The easy thing is just to jump ship when something feels painful. Like things aren't going to feel pleasurable and fun and expansive all the time. And I'm aware of that. And I'm also very aware that we as women have been sold alive by fucking Disney and rom-coms that once you like, I grew up on the Walt Disney princesses and what the fuck happened? Prince Charming came in, rescued her, she fell in love and they lived happily ever after. If you watch that fucking shit on repeat from a really young age, what do you think as little girls we are creating, the belief systems that we are creating about relationships? And then our aligned partner shows up, triggers all of our childhood wounds and we're like, hold on, but Princess Jasmine and the Little Mermaid, Aladdin and Eric, they came And none of this shit happened. They're like fucking swooned on a carpet. Like, what is this? What do you mean conflict and argument? This is obviously not the right relationship for me. You, there's a problem with you. Jake is the problem. You're the one that's not right. It's got nothing to do with me. And so I have this like very deep realization and awareness. I've heard Preston say it for years. I'm like, whoa, this is really showing up for me now. Also, rom-coms are my favorite fucking thing to watch. Love rom-coms. What happens in Vegas? Favorite movie. Ashton Kutcher comes in, they fall in love and live happily ever after. And I'm like, well, Jake, 
You're the superhero. You're like this martial artist fucking king. You literally, in my inner child's like sometimes I see Jake do something, like he'll put his hat backwards and we'll be doing something and I'll do it backwards and I'll realize it's my little girl copying him. Like there is a part that really adores him. Like I wonder did my inner child, and I've sat with this, did she think he was the prince that came to rescue her? Not that I feel like I need saving. So if, like my adult knows that, but if then, because my little girl idolized my father as well, if then the partner comes and then conflict arises, we can just be like, no, you're definitely not Aladdin or Eric or Ashton Kutcher. This is not what the fuck happened in those movies. You're the problem. Anyway, fam, I love this conversation. Relationships, they're just, I am diving deep into my studies around relationship because they're such a conversation and I believe that they are what expands us so much. It's so easy to run from because, yeah, the salt's in the wound and just jumping ship can be super easy. But one thing that Jake and I committed to each other is let's explore everything that's here for us right now and everything that's rising to the surface. Let's see what courageous edges need to be, get to be lent into together and separately for us to experience the kind of relationship that we say that we desire and see if it's possible here within our committed partnership. And if it's not, at least we can say we really lent in, we did the courageous thing, we had the courageous conversations we lent into those courageous edges and then if it doesn't work if it's not aligned it's not aligned but if we just jump ship because right now it's difficult then did we really give the relationship the respect that it deserves on the foundation of which it was built of that integrity trust loyalty friendship did we really give it the respect that it deserved? And every time, like, when my ego, wounded ego is like, get the fuck out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've been on like realestate.com, like, trick rentals, beach house rentals, flights to Bali. <laughs> and every time that I've been like, let's fucking jump ship, the thing that's really landed for me is if you leave, I feel in six to eight to nine to 10 to 12 months time, you'll regret not having really lent into the courageous, difficult edges. And maybe some of your true fears of vulnerability are showing up right now. And even if it's not Jake, and even if you're not his person, let's lean in and see so that you both get to really receive what you need from this experience. Fam, I hope that you loved this raw, real, and very vulnerable share. If you loved it, make sure you screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can share it as well and I can connect with you. I hope you love listening to this just as much as I loved recording this. I'll see you next week, fam. Have the most beautiful, brilliant day. Let's fucking go. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.